I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toodles Only Alternative and your on campus radio station 88.3 WXUT. After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Welcome back to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, we got David the Man of God Harris on the phone line. Let's got to talk a little bit about the NBA Finals. Now, talk a little bit about ex-players becoming college head coaches and look at some of the pro head coaching, but mostly a college head coaches as Jawan Howard is bringing back the culture, so to speak, to Michigan basketball after John Beeline left and went to the Cavaliers. David, what's your thoughts? Yeah, so kind of thinking about Juwan Howard, and more recently, first of all, congratulations to Juwan. Hopefully nothing but 90s hip-hop, black socks, baggy shorts, that's the standard. Bring it back, Juwan. Bring back the Fab Five. Get everybody together. But I think kind of looking at former, former professional players who had successful careers in the league, and I think that provides a little bit of difference, it has yeah, that's as far as the cost. Obviously, for the pros, name recognition. You can come into the room like, hey, I'm ex-NBA player so-and-so. Similar to kind of how Penny Hardaway has gotten so many high recruiting classes down in Memphis because of the name Penny Hardaway. Now, the parents were like, I remember when you was, you know, great before the injury. Or at Vanderbilt with Jerry Stackhouse. Like, some of those players who recognizable names, these are where you can come into the room, like, automatically you have the attention, you have the interest of the kids. Like, hey, I can learn from this guy on how to get to the pros because he put his time in. He put in work, you know, double-digit years for a lot of these guys. And then taking – and I think the difference with Juwan Howard and, to a certain extent, Penny Hardaway um, – Jerry Sackhouse has some G League experience coaching, but Juwan Howard coming from an NBA kind of coaching bench, similar with Patrick Ewing. Uh, taking some of that NBA bench experience as an assistant, utilizing that to their advantage to allow them to see and draw plays based on playbooks that they've used, but then also some of their experience playing in the game. Now, I'm not saying, you know, Juwan Howard is going to dig back the layers and bring out his 1996 playbook and run those plays. But I think we may see, you know, one or two things that is more similar to an NBA kind of caliber offense. Now, on the flip side, because you are the 
ex-NBA player, the expectations are, you know, through the ceiling. And for Juwan Howard, it's even more so because now you're a Michigan man coming back to Michigan to not even so much resuscitate or revive the program, which would be a whole different kind of category. But Michigan is two years removed from, you know, national championship semis or national championship runner-up. And so Juwan Howard's coming in and having to not just kind of put his imprint on the program, but then also kind of maintain kind of the success level. Whereas if you're Jerry Stackhouse at Vanderbilt, I mean, Vanderbilt basketball, eh, it's all right. If you're Penny Hardaway at Memphis, yeah, you know, you've had some up and downs, but no one's really expecting Memphis to make one, you know, do this magical Final Four run. Yeah, I mean, Memphis is a, is a has a rich basketball history, especially with Anthony Hardaway, you know, leading the front with that. Memphis, you know... Uh, when it was called Memphis State, you know, they've gotten to a couple Final Fours, you know, one with Derrick Rose and Calipari back in 08, and I believe Memphis State also got to the Final Four in 85 when Villanova won it over against Georgetown. So, and, and, and he's the reason why Memphis is back on the map. So he's got a lot of pressure. I mean, especially coming in with, a, a, I think, the number one recruiting class, I believe, that's coming in this year. Uh, a lot of that has to do because he had ties with grassroots basketball, and let's face it, everyone, you know, he's he's the prodigal prodigal son from Memphis, so everyone wants to play for him. So don't underestimate what Memphis is going to be doing. And plus, they have to mention because they play in the American Athletic Conference, it, it's not looked as high as maybe the the the, the bigger Power Fives. So there's going to be pressure for him to pretty much do well in that conference. Yeah, and I fully expect. Kind of in the American, I think it will be between them. Well, kind of heading into the season, knowing that you have the number one recruiting class, I think a lot of people are going to put Memphis as the preseason favorite. I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis is the preseason top 25 ranking. Mm-hmm. That's not out of the question. And similar with Michigan. Granted, Michigan has had success, and so they're coming at it from a little different angle. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I think those two in particular, like, the pressure and expectations for them to succeed are extremely high to where, I don't want to say that they have short leashes, but I think because they're also prodigal sons, they have a lot more grace and leeway than, say, you know, your Joe Schmo assistant coach, or let's just use the name Nick Nurse. If Nick Nurse were coming to coach Michigan basketball, he wouldn't be on the as long of a leash as Juwan Howard will have, or Penny Hardaway will have, or Patrick Ewing has. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think kind of having that familiarity with the program, kind of knowing the school, kind of being one of those bigger head faces, that helps. Right. And I think kind of taking, kind of sticking with college a little bit, in terms of recruiting, I was. You're kind of looking at some of the parents and like, okay, the parents are going to be heavy. Like, hey, well, you know, we're going to look on YouTube, watch some of these clips because, you know, you may think, oh, you know, this is Penny Hardaway coming in, you know, with a student tie on or maybe, you know, Polo with AAUJs or Juwan Howard. Let me, let me put on this 30 for 30 about the back five. 
like, let me show you, you know, this 30 for 30 about the Orlando Magic and, like, how good these guys were. Because that, and just being honest, some of these, you know, middle school, high schoolers, they're thinking about the quickest way to get to the league. And mm-hmm. if it's, hey, I can play under this coach who has a lot of connections in the league. We know there's going to be a lot of one and done going through Memphis because Penny Hardaway has connections. And in this league, it's, you know, it's a one, one and done, or at least until 2021. So, yeah, I, I think if you're an ex-pro, I think it's, uh, it's easier to go the college route because it gives you that experience. But I think what a lot of coaches have, or former players have done be assistants in the NBA. And then it may work out like a Jason Kidd situation, a Mark Jackson situation, a Steve Kerr like we talked about, to where you get the reins and you can get that head coaching position or, you know, similar to Ty Lue, or, you know, or it could be a situation like Jason Kidd. Like, you never know. But I think if you're going to be an ex-pro, earn your stripes just no matter what. Because I think the experience and perspectives that you provide as a former player are not just going to help send kids to the league, which is what a lot of people think about. But there's a lot of life lessons that happen. Like, hey, I'm an ex-pro. Like, I know when you know, Lee Pitts the fan, here's what you need to know about this, 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 and this. And I promise you that some of them coaches are going to be like, I didn't say you're going to be one and done, but you're going to hit these books. And you may not want to, but, and I think probably Juwan Howard, I can see him being like, all right, let me, like, make sure we hit the books hard because we're going to be, you know, smart on the court and off the court. So I, th- I think it's a valuable, enriching experience, and I wish him the best of luck. Mm, yeah. I mean, I, I think kids have to realize just because they have NBA connections doesn't mean they're actually going to get to the NBA. You got, you're only going to get to the NBA by your talent and hard work. Uh, yeah, granted, you can try to, you know, it does help to maybe get an inside connect, but, I mean, Juwan Howard can't guarantee you to get to the league. Now, he might know the process, as we've talked about that with Darren Cohn, that there's some college coaches that don't know the process of, of the NBA, so he has a leg up on that. But, I mean, once again, though, he's going to have to, not to mention as a coach, you're going to have to have a really great supporting staff with you as well. Um, you can't just be the face of the uh, of, of the, the college. And, and Because think about it, not all the coaches know everything. You know, if all the great coaches will tell you. They, they go in there and they form a great assistant staff, uh, staffs for them, assistants on their staff, and everyone has a different role on that. And usually you try to get guys – that are smarter than you in certain areas of the game. Obviously, you bring your own little thing as the head coach, and you have the final say, but there's so much to do. There's so much stuff that is going on, especially with college coaches. That's why some people like doing pros a little bit better because basically you're not out recruiting. You're not out there trying to be the face of a um, of an organization and, 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 and schmoozing with the boosters and all that stuff like that. You're basically in the pros. It's basketball time is our job once we're done with that we go home so you know that's some of the things i want to know he he can do with is can he deal with the boosters um can he deal with the scrutiny look at jim harbaugh he came in there and you know there's mixed feelings with jim harbaugh you know he's now he's had a lot of success as a coach but some people really some people are satisfied with what michigan is doing i think he's been doing a pretty decent job with michigan considering where they were before he got there 
But then there was people that were outlandish and thought he was the prodigal son and was going to come in and happy days are here again. And now every son, you're starting to hear people say, oh, he just, he's, he's failed as a coach at Michigan. So, you know, he's got to worry about those expectations as well because people are going by what he did in college. Um, you know, he had a pretty, really good pro career and he's been doing the coaching stuff on, uh, 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 with the NBA, but then it makes you wonder, is he going to be a guy like Patrick Ewing who's been doing pretty decent at Georgetown, or is he going to be like Chris Mullen, like at St. John's, where it kind of flamed out? Yeah, and I think part of that, part of that's kind of the program that you're at. I'm not saying that Georgetown and St. John's really have the best caliber, because, you know, they're old-school biggest mentality, and we're going to hit our home turf. But I think if he takes, I want to say a year just to kind of operate, implement a system. But that non-conference period and that tournament play is going to be big in terms of what he's going to look in terms of how to play. And the transition from an assist, just an assistant head coach to a head coach in general is an entire kind of shift because you're responsible for so much more. And then not to mention kind of from the NBA Richard schedule to college where it could be for some year a year-round process and it's starting now and so it's John Howard are you in the locker rooms are you in meetings talking with people kind of trying to figure out game plan strategy what works are you looking at tape and I think that's part of work ethic but I think I think Michigan is going to do well I think it's going to lean more towards the Georgetown the St. John I'm really really curious Kind of just to think about another ex-pro with Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt, because he's got two kind of sons of NBA players that he played against committed to Vanderbilt, and Kenya Martin's son and Scottie Pippen Jr. So, like, that's going to be even more kind of high expectation culture shot. Because Jerry Stackhouse coming from the G League, and just Jerry Stackhouse in general, you know, he may want to run, and I was joking with, Somebody a week ago about this, like he may run an NBA practice day one and have everyone trying to fight him. Like, no, I don't. I, I don't. I don't see. I think that the, the the Jerry Stackhouse and I've talked with some guys about this. I, I think out of those, Jerry Stackhouse might fail, and this is the reason why. And I tell people this after you know coaching um, this past year at you know my former place that I was coaching at. One thing that 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 people don't realize and this is very important is administration um one one the thing to look at is avery johnson i thought avery johnson was doing a pretty decent job at alabama obviously the expectations the style of play didn't match with the what the uh, administration wanted and they, they booted him out you know vanderbilt they want to expect to be tops in the SEC when it comes to basketball and football, uh, you know, and, it, and it's an academic school, but they, you know, they see that baseball does very well. So they wanted for those other schools, uh, Bryce drew, I think really didn't get a fair shot. I think as far as the administration was just bad and I, you know, he's brought in Scotty Pippen jr. He's brought in Kenyon Martin's kids. Um, if he can finagle around the administration and you also got to remember too, at some places, are you a priority? 
You know, I, I think that at Michigan, basketball, it, obviously football is bigger than basketball there, but it's still got kind of its niche there where they expect a little bit of excellence. And um, he might – now, Jawan Howard might benefit from if as long as the team is competitive, he can keep his job, whereas other schools – um, you know, obviously, if you're at Kentucky and you're not, you know, in the Elite Eight or the Sweet 16, you're a failure. Uh, you know, so you got to you gotta understand where these expectations are. But then there's team, there's places that just have unexpected, ex, you know, unrealistic expectations, and that's Vanderbilt. They want to be tops, and they want to do this and that. But I don't really think the basketball program is a top priority at the school. If you're not making the program a type, top priority or making it feel like it or at least – you know, putting some money into it, you're not going to get the results. And 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 I tell coaches this now, and and I've learned this is that you know some guys like to just chase opportunities, and whatever opportunity comes up, I tell coaches that there's a reason why certain schools are perennial losers in their conference, or just or just bad. And it's not because of the talent, and it's not because of the coaching. A lot of times, you got to look past the guys on the field and see who what management is pulling the strings upstairs. And that's a job that I'm going to be watching a little bit is with Jerry Stackhouse is, are they going to let him go in there and do what he needs to do to build that program up? Cause he's done, I've heard he's done a fantastic job on the G league. Uh, so, you know, that's something to, to, to think about, but at the same time though, are they going to let him do what he needs to do? If not, they're going to have people meddling and, and you got boosters doing whatever the heck they're doing, and you got to worry about them giving money and investigations and stuff like that. That, that, that program's never going to get off the ground. Yeah, and I think kind of just looking at the priority card, like Vanderbilt basketball isn't even the best basketball in the state. Right. And that school, like at a short time, was top of the you know top team in the country. Mm-hmm. And like right at like Tennessee, like basketball. Like kind of catching on par with football since football's kind of been so far, but it's still like when you value, when you put the priorities, when you can get decent recruits to kind of build a kind of program similar to what Penny Hardaway, but that takes time. Well, like, Penny Hardaway hasn't built the program. I mean, let's 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 let's, let's, let's that's a thing though. Where at Memphis, think about it. The program is tops, though, so he's going to get everything he needs for as far as recruiting, as far as doing what he needs to do to get the facilities you need it. You know, we'll pour money into this, so he's going to have a better chance of succeeding than over Jerry Stackhouse. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. Money, you're in SEC country. I mean, usually in that conference, football rules unless you're Kentucky. Um, at Vanderbilt, it looks like the, the the baseball program is a little bit more of a priority and a little more important to Vanderbilt than it is the basketball and football program. Now, like I said, you know, you still got to deal with the academics and stuff like that. But, you know, do they make exceptions for athletes? There's some schools that are like that where we got standards for regular students. And if you're a student athlete, we might let you slide a little bit with your, your academics. Or are they going to be sticklers and say, you know what, <clears throat> we don't really care about if you're a student athlete or not, these are our rules, and some of the recruits that he thinks that can help his program might not be able to make it into the you know enrollment past the enrollment process. So there's that stuff that you got stuff you got to think about with him and Jerry Stackhouse as far as Memphis goes, uh, is with Calipari and all of it. You know they're all in, so they want to win. So Anthony Hardaway is going to probably have a little bit more leverage for success being at Memphis than Jerry Stackhouse at Vanderbilt. 
kind of just knowing the Vanderbilt process and just kind of knowing that Vanderbilt is so strong on academic success, academic success. And maybe, like you said, where if you're not at this grade point average, you know, we're not going to do like some of these other schools. I hate to say it, like North Carolina did, where, you know, we're going to have general ed or, you know, take some weird foreign language just to get you ineligible or just to get you eligible for that basketball season. It's going to be that like, you're going to have to take some real, real courses. And that, if that affects the that, that affects the program, then I think it will. But I, I think I'm hoping for success for Jerry Stackhouse because from his Chile success, like he's putting the work, he's putting his time, and I think he deserves to hit the ground running and kind of well, shape the young minds of these college kids. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, we'll see. I, it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I'm going to keep an eye really out on the um, Jerry Stackhouse and um, Anthony Hardaway situation. Just compare the two. But like I said, man, a lot of times it's not always down to coaching uh, and, and, and trying to get the players. It's always that other guy behind the curtain and how they run in the management. Like I said, Nate Oates is going down to Alabama. Uh, you know, you want to see a guy that's from the Mac do well, but Avery Johnson, I thought he was doing a pretty decent job, giving him some time. He was getting some top recruits in there, but I guess they thought differently, or they probably him and his personality didn't get along with um, them. Um, coming up next, though, David, we'll talk a little bit about safety at ballparks. Yep, baseball games are an unfortunate incident. We'll, we'll talk about that. And if, if there can be anything done to prevent that from happening again. All right, that and more here on 88.3 WSTs after further review. We'll be back after this. <laughs> 